Welcome to Unstyled. I'm your host, Christine Barbrick, co-founder and global editor-in-chief of Refinery29. Each week, I invite a notable person to come in and talk with us as we explore the funny, inspiring, sometimes heartbreaking tales of life, work, and love, as told through the things that we wear. The phrase overnight success is often misused in the fashion industry, where many supposed instant sensation stories hide away years of grinding. But in Carly Kloss's case, it's no exaggeration. In her first year modeling, Carly racked up the kind of wins that once in a lifetime doesn't even begin to cover. It started in 2007 when Carly, then a total unknown, was booked to walk Calvin Klein's fashion show, one of the biggest of New York Fashion Week and a gig that can easily launch a nobody model to superstardom. Within days, the fashion industry was buzzing about the unusual gangly beauty from St. Louis with a preternatural confidence. Bookings for major designers in Milan and Paris soon followed, and suddenly, Carly was the breakout model of the year. Not bad for your first year of high school. Now, 12 years into her career, there's not many boxes Carly hasn't checked from landing global runway shows to major campaigns and no fewer than 40 Vogue covers. Hear that? 40. But Carly's done much more than transition from new face to serious pro. First, there was Carly's vegan cookie collaboration with Milk Bar that benefited Feed and the CFDA. Next was Tech, when Carly found an unexpected love for coding in 2014. She spread the love by launching Code with Clossy, a nonprofit that creates learning experiences and opportunities for young women and inspires them to pursue their interests in tech. It's not unusual for models to have side hustles, of course, but Carly's aren't your typical quick buck kind of gigs. They're projects that meaningfully match her desire to learn and create with actions that advance the lives of women and girls. Now Carly's the newest host and executive producer of Project Runway, and she's recently become brand ambassador for Estee Lauder. And as part of that partnership, Estee Lauder supports Code with Clossy's mission to provide learning experiences and opportunities for young women. In Carly, Lauder sees not only a stunning spokesperson, but a kindred spirit to its founder, Estee. Both confident, self-made entrepreneurs dedicated not only to putting themselves out there, but to leveling up their own women peers to do the same. It's an ambitious goal, but as far as Carly's concerned, that's exactly the way she likes it. Carly Kloss, thank you so much for being a guest on Unstyle today. It's so exciting to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. You actually got discovered. Was it your first year of high school? Oh my gosh. So I was 13 years old. And I was walking that's in so a mall. Little. I was not even in high I have, school. I have a little daughter now. She's only six months old, but still, I mean, that's like so little. It's crazy. I. Where were you? Tell us your discovery story. I was in St. Louis. Where you're from. I was in the mall. And I was walking with my best friend and I was wearing Birkenstocks, which was the height of fashion. They're still the height of fashion. But really, like I had zero sense of style and that was a big deal for me. And I think I was wearing like a limited two skirt, mm-hmm. something like that. And Were you wearing the Arizona style with just the two straps? Oh, no. I was wearing the clogs. Oh. I was so excited because they were very trendy. Mm-hmm. And trends take a few extra years to sometimes make it to the Midwest. But I broke them in by wearing them around my house for like a week. I took it very seriously before I wore them to school. Uh Anyway, 
walking through the mall mm-hmm. and was stopped by scouts who were casting for a runway show, like a local charity event to mm-hmm. raise money. And they asked me if I had ever been interested in modeling. And I had zero idea of what that even meant. I was not paying any attention to the fashion industry or the modeling industry. They gave me their information and I called my mom and she met me at the mall. They were having a big... Tracy was on it. Tracy is still on it. She is on it. She was like, I'm there. Don't sign anything. I'm coming right now. (laughs) Exactly. But... It happened to be a very legitimate casting, and the agents put on this big charity event. It was the first time I'd walked in a fashion show. There were scouts there from all across the country, and so it was a very legitimate way to actually meet real agents. And they kind of had me in the back of their head, and I was on their radar, and it wasn't until I was 15 that my career really began. So the same week that I started high school, I started my modeling career. That's so intense. Was it scary? My very first week of high school, I started, by the way, anyone starting high school, it's like this most daunting thing. You don't know what to expect. You don't know what your classes are going to be like. It's a new building. Also, your body is like under siege by hormones and changing. I remember growing six inches in a summer from sixth grade to seventh grade and literally coming back and I was unrecognizable. Oh, yeah. Everyone feels self-conscious. Self-conscious. And my body also grew six inches the summer before high school. And you just feel disoriented. You're tripping over yourself. You feel just completely disconnected, or at least I did, and um, was really insecure about my body, ironically. And I grew up in the Midwest. And at the time, like the ideal beauty was a Jessica Simpson, very curvy. And I was flat as a board, like no boy gave me the time of day. I was definitely incredibly insecure about the things that made me so different. Mm -hmm. And it was really ironic, because those are the things that actually gave me the opportunity to have a career. So I started high school on Monday, By Thursday, I got a call if I wanted to come to New York for the weekend to meet some designers because it was New York Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. And I I wasn't really sure what that meant. What year was this? This was 2007. Oh, my God. And I got on the airplane with my mom and we went to New York for the weekend. And I went just a casual casting to go meet the designer of Calvin Klein. Francisco. Francisco Costa. Costa. Yeah. And I went in and I met him and I did a little walk. Did you even know how to walk? I didn't even know what New York Fashion Week really meant. I'd hardly spent any time in New York. Yeah. And I got booked to walk this show as an exclusive. Overnight, basically, I called home and I called my teachers and I, I you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to not be back until Tuesday. So anyway, I spent the weekend in New York and did an exclusive for Calvin Klein. And I was one of the first girls walking out in the show and it really put me on the map. And overnight, I was seen in this runway show by all of the top editors and photographers. Someone like you that consciously recognizes, you said before, which is a really beautiful quote, that it was the things that made you so different, that made you feel strange, that actually became these assets that, Mm. you know, helped to define who you are and gave you this stage in which to share them. And I think that you're probably most famous for being a model, but you're also a really successful entrepreneur. Thank you. You're welcome, but it's true. Tell me a little bit about why that was important to you. 
being a model is definitely an entrepreneurial pursuit because you're really in charge of your own schedule, the kinds of partnerships that you pursue. It certainly trains you for that. But tell me about this desire that you had to have this vegan baking company with Momofuku and then also Code with Classy. Thank you. Just to jump back for a second, I really do believe that in my experience, the things that I've been most insecure about or most uncomfortable in my own skin. Like what? Being six foot two. Mm-hmm. You know, as a teenage girl, I was taller than every boy in my class. Me too. And even still to this day, I walked down the street in New York and I'm taller than most people in sneakers. So mm-hmm. imagine when I put on heels and only now do I really own it and love it because that makes me different. And I love that it makes me different. I didn't always feel that way. Yeah. And I think it's how you use the things that set you apart and learn to own them, learn to love them. There's such power in that. And for everyone, it's something different. Each one of us has our own thing that only we know, or it could be obvious, like my height. And I think it's how you react to it or how you control that instead of letting it control you, instead of letting it eat you alive with insecurity or fear, flipping it on its head. Like shifting it from being an obstacle. Yeah. So for me, being so tall and lanky and skinny as a teenage girl certainly didn't get me any uh, dates to high school dances, but it did open up this world of a career for me. And interesting enough, in my modeling career, fast forward, I think I had a similar kind of realization of instead of just being a model and being a person that is a billboard for other images or messages or other designers or being a blank canvas for other people to project whatever their vision is. So I think I had a pivotal realization. As a model, you're seen and you're not heard. People think what they think about you because of how you look. And for me, that was really, I felt unfair and something I really resented about my job. So after even being incredibly successful, I had many moments, even into my 20s, of I really hate the fact that people judge me and see me only for what they see on the outside. And I realized through kind of the rise of social media, that was a huge opportunity to be able to speak how I feel and define who I am and express what I think and what I feel and what I stand for beyond just being judged as a person by my looks. But I really realized I can use my career to do the things that I genuinely love, which is kind of where I realized I always have had a love for science and math. My dad's a doctor, so that was a huge influence on me. And I love business. I've always been really entrepreneurial. So I kind of realized I don't have to quit my job and go be a doctor or a kindergarten teacher or start a business. I can use my position. And despite being seen in this box, I know that I'm so much more than um, than meets the eye, I guess. And I just realized I can use my position to do the things that are genuinely reflective of who I am and still do my day job. I think for me also, I really love the fashion industry. But it's not all of who I am for you, too. Like, I mean, you're an entrepreneur yourself. I love the way that you pivoted your role in the industry and being able to be creative, but also be able to build a business and make so much bigger impact than just doing your day job Mm -hmm. initially. I feel like I want to interview you because I feel like (laughs) your journey is so fascinating to me. Um, Really? Yeah. I mean, I thank you. I think there are some moments, but... I think starting a business is really scary. What's exciting for you is that you're able to use your platform and your success 
as a way to be choosy about what you do. And there's such strength and such conviction there. And I think the fact that you have very thoughtfully pursued these opportunities and turned them into these incredible platforms. I just saw one of your posts on Instagram where you were really excited about all the applicants that you had for your next coding. Yeah. I mean, for me, I am a student of life. I love learning. I'm a very curious person. And I learned how to code about five years ago. Why? Because I wanted to understand how things were built. How is technology that is changing industries and touching billions of people's lives every day? How is it built? And what is the skill set that entrepreneurs know that I didn't learn growing up that they could build something with code? So I took a coding boot camp. I learned with this teacher, Avi Flavbaum, and I really had my eyes open to how creative and how powerful coding is and the fact that it is a language and that it can build an idea into a product to reach billions of people. And I loved the fact that I could touch it and feel it in a way, that it is a language at its core. And it's a skill set that can be learned by anyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, where you live. Anyone can learn it. And for me, I, I just really was excited by the power and magnitude of learning something and how many doors it could open for anyone. I felt like for me, you know, I had this audience of young women following me on social media and I thought, how can I actually offer something to them that can be powerful and transformative for them in a meaningful way? Again, kind of to the point of around that time before I took my coding class for the first time, I was definitely um, a little bit burnt out on fashion and burnt out on modeling. And Well, the schedule is so punishing. And I think it's just you become so caught in this cycle. Definitely. Because it's just endless. I mean, even as an editor going to shows, and I feel like there used to just be two chunks of yeah. shows a year, and now there's like seven. It's constant. You're constantly on. And anyway, for me, I was a little bit burnt out on fashion, and I was really searching for something more and something to challenge me. And so coding definitely challenged me. And so I learned how to code over the summer and started thinking about how I could help other girls learn how to code and realize that this could be interesting to them, even though when you think of someone in tech, what does that look like? And you think of a guy in a hoodie. And I think that's the reason why a lot of young women self-select out uh, is because they don't think it's something that would be interesting to them. Well, there's a real shortage of women in the science and tech fields. And it's obviously the movement around STEAM right now. And I think Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think that it says a lot about your program and that it's been so successful. You've had such an incredible reaction. I really wanted to think, what can I offer to young women who are following me on social media that could actually be genuinely meaningful and impactful in their life. And I was really blown away by my experience learning how to code. And I thought every girl should have the opportunity to at least learn this at a high level and understand, because we're all consumers of technology, everyone should be informed enough and understand how things are built. Because our world is built by code and transformed by technology. So therefore, we should be informed consumers of it. So 
I started a scholarship for teenage girls and we had 20 spots our first summer, 20 scholarships, and we had thousands of applicants for those 20 spots. I realized, oh, this is actually something more young women would be interested in than I realized. And I thought, okay, how can I build Code with Classy, which is the name of my organization, into something that can reach girls who would not have the opportunity to learn this or might not otherwise have realized it could be interesting to them. We now have summer camps across the United States and we teach girls how to code and it's a two-week program and we have a partnership with Teach for America. We also teach the teachers how to code and pay them to teach in our summer camps and that's an amazing impact because these teachers now then are able to go back to their classrooms and bring computer science programs to their schools. So that's a gift that keeps and on giving. And talk about it in a way that gets people excited about it because when yeah. you're so disconnected from it, when you have no experience in that space, it's very hard for you to get the people around you excited. Coding can be abstract. Yeah. It's not something to the point of being able to touch and feel. It's not a very visual thing you can necessarily wrap your mind around, but it is very creative and these young women... They're going to change the world. They already are. And so we have a thousand girls in our summer camps this coming summer and summer camps across the United States. That's incredible. It's going to be great. And I think that what you talked about before is I think there is this sort of sense of stereotyping. It's unconscious in some ways, but conscious in others, this bias around women aren't good at science. Women aren't good at math. It's only like you're saying guys in hoodies that can raise money in Silicon Valley. And I think that it's really important that people see you as an example of that. I think it really changes their perception of, oh, I can do that too. That's actually yeah, something course. that I would be good at. And there's a place for me there. There's such powerful self-realization by these young women in our camps. They not only realize once they're in camp that this is something that they can learn by all means, but that there are so many creative, actually really extraordinary women who are in the industry. It's definitely a minority, but there are incredible women who are engineers at high levels. And, you know, I think we need more women in leadership position because I think to that point of if you can't see it, you can't be it. I think that is very, very valid. And so I'm really excited about Code with Classy and all that we're doing. These young women are the future change makers of our world. And you're going to be there, right? So we're going to be across the United States mm -hmm. and we partner with WeWork so we build our classrooms, basically, and it's kind of a combination of an incredible, passionate, inspired teacher and a great environment and a very entrepreneurial setting. And we work and, and they're going to meet each other. They're going to bond with each other. It's yes. going to be so incredible. The magic that happens yeah. in camp. And I think that's for me, I am a model, but I also am really entrepreneurial. I'm really passionate about building businesses. I'm really passionate about helping young women realize that they can literally do anything, especially in this world today. I really think that there is no limit to what is possible. And I really want to help young women realize that because I think to the point of getting in our own heads and getting in our own way, we are the ones that can either limit our own future. We are the only ones that can stop us. I really, really believe that anything is possible. The Unstyled Podcast was made possible by Estee Lauder, the eponymous luxury beauty brand created by one of the world's first women entrepreneurs. As a confident rule breaker ahead of her time, Mrs. Estee Lauder once said, 
I never dreamed of success. I worked for it. In her entrepreneurial pursuit, she invented disruptive opportunities to connect directly with her customers in a personal way that altered the beauty industry forever. Learn more about how Estee Lauder is continuing her legacy in-store and online at estelauder.com. So about a year ago, you became a spokesperson for Estee Lauder. Yes. And just full transparency, Estee Lauder, we're so lucky to work with them and to have them as a partner on this podcast this season. But tell me about why that relationship is important to you. Estee Lauder herself was such a badass. Oh, she's extraordinary. Really extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, we were reading some stories about her and all of the incredibly daring, audacious things that she did because she really believed in what it was she was creating for women. Mm. And beauty companies are prevalent everywhere now, but to think about what she was doing back then was so unprecedented. All of that was led by men. Yeah. And the fact that she was going into salons, and this is a true story, she was going into salons and literally putting her products on women while they were sitting under dryers. She's incredible. Really? Truly, truly a force of nature. And there are so many more stories like that. Tell me another story. I think it was like a fancy French store. She purposefully spilled a bottle youth of do. youth do so that everyone in the store and everyone walking by would kind of smell this amazing fragrance and inquire about it. And I mean, she was known to just be, I think audacious is actually a really good word, but I think there's negative connotations with that. because Rebellious. She's fearless. Yeah. Fearless and a force of nature and so entrepreneurial, so ahead of her times. I mean, I really think as a philanthropist, as an entrepreneur, as just a fearless woman, she was such a trailblazer. And for me, it's a huge inspiration and honestly a big honor. And, and part of why I'm so proud to work with the company is because of that spirit that she had. And the company is not only best in class and kind of the way that they create products, but she just is someone I personally and professionally really admire and she was so she was so involved in every detail, the research and development. I was going to say the, the scientific the, aspect of what she was doing too. Very much was really advanced for that time. Estee Lauder created the first serum. Is that true? It's true. And also, she serums um, are still all the rage. You know the whole kind of concept of gift with purchase. Yes, she really pioneered that as well. She would basically give, you know, a gift with purchase and send little flyers in the mail of kind of advertising. Just the whole concept of it, she was really at the forefront of. And then another one of my favorite quotes of hers is, I never dreamed of success. I worked for it. And that I mean, to me amen. is just amen. <laughs> I agree. I think dreaming about it is okay, but I do think that something that she did, and I see it with a lot of other women, they don't wait for someone to give them permission to yeah. do something, they actually are going to do anything in order to create opportunities for themselves. And I think it's a really important behavior that needs to be learned. I think that mm -hmm. so many of us, I mean, it's certainly been a learned behavior for me. I've been in situations where it'll be a professional situation and I feel at first I'll feel really lucky to be there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, 
I actually like belong here. I'm supposed to be here. It's important that I'm here to basically guide the decision making process to make sure that things turn out the way that I want them to. And I think that that is such an important part of success is that Mm. really believing and knowing that you're going to do anything to actually clear that path ahead of you. Definitely. I think that comes from a self-knowing inner confidence that just exudes from the inside out. For me, it took time to develop that. You're like, what am you I know? doing here? Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I think it's- I have nothing to say. No, no, no. I mean, first of all- For me. Yeah. Well, Not for you. All of us have that voice in our head. And I'm somebody who has walked runways since I'm 15 years old and kind of Is projected this image of confidence. You're still doing runway shows still, too. I love walking runways, but I like definitely faked it till I made it for a long time of that self-knowing and that confidence. There's um, some value to that saying. I think there really is. Fake it till you make it. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. That is kind of my <laughs> motto some days where I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to fake it till I make it. Exactly. There's definitely, there's a power in that. I think there is too. But yeah, just back to Estee, working with them has been amazing. About a year now I've been working with them and I really can't say it enough, like as an entrepreneur and just, she was- You have a lot in common. Well, that's quite a compliment. Thank you. You do. So beyond Code with Classy this summer, like what are some other things that you want to create and you want to build? I mean, I... You just wrapped a season of... Project Runway. Project Runway, yeah. Yes. I mean, what was it like taking over there? Well, we just said fake it it till you make it. (laughs) That uh, pretty much describes my role. No, I definitely... Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I loved being the host. Mm -hmm. I loved being a part of a show like that that really supports next generation talent, designers. I was really excited to be a part of kind of this next chapter of it. And it's back on Bravo and it's a whole new cast of judges. And we got the CFDA involved to help support. So part of the package is that the designer that wins as kind of a ton of support from CFDA, a big prize package, a mentorship. And I really believe that that platform reaches so many people. And for me, when I was watching it growing up, it was a way to have a window into the world of fashion, which was not something that I had any exposure to or access in the middle of the country. And this was around the time I was discovered in the mall. So it's really kind of full really? circle for me that I... Oh my I, God, that's true. Yeah. I was watching Project Runway back when it first came out and now I'm the host of it. I'm 26 and I know my, oh my, um, God, you're my only sadder 26. return isn't for a few years, but I've been really reflective in my life of just thinking about all that's happened over the past 11 years and of my career. you just got married too, didn't you? I just you? got married. I'm on cloud nine. I'm in honeymoon phase. I just feel so grateful and so proud of a lot of things that I've been able to do and and just really, really grateful. I mean, I've had such a non-linear kind of path. And, you know, it's funny even just sitting here talking with you about all these things. I I feel really, 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 really grateful in my life. You've walked in hundreds of shows. Tell us an interesting and useful secret that you've learned from walking in so many fashion shows, just Mm. going through the whole makeup, hair, machine. Well, I would say... Give us a practical tip. A practical tip. I definitely think that makeup-wise, I'm someone that loves and I feel most beautiful when I kind of have the right coverage that's not too much makeup, Mm -hmm. especially... For me, I'm constantly kind of running either between meetings or if I'm backstage at a show, I really love using concealer or kind of foundation that's going to get me through the day and that's going to be enough coverage, but not cakey, not too much. Are you wearing foundation right now? I am. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I have the double wear on. So I love double wear foundation. 
But, you know, on runway shows, honestly, the biggest thing is that inner confidence and strength that you exude on a runway as a model has to come from the inside. And whether you're faking it or whether it's real, that I think is what really sets you apart. That's what makes you stand out when you have that kind of just confidence from the inside out. It doesn't matter what you're wearing, or at least I find that's what stands out most to me is when someone kind of stands tall. For me, that took a lot to stand tall. Carly Kloss, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Unstyled today. It's been so much fun. I could talk to you for hours. Likewise. I'll stick around. (laughs) Fine by me. I hope you're inspired after hearing Carly's story. For even more Unstyled extras, check out Refinery29 or my Instagram at Christine Barbrick. You can also join the conversation using the hashtag Unstyled across your social media. And of course, we'd be infinitely grateful if you'd please subscribe to Unstyled on Apple Podcasts and rate us while you're there. You can head over to refinery29.com to find this episode and more, and make sure to sign up for our exclusive Unstyled newsletter, delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our show today was executive produced by Bridget Todd, associate produced by Jay Brunson and Rebecca Easley, and edited by Priscilla Mena and Anna Costanza. Copy support was provided by Leanne Duggan. Our theme music today is by the artist Koff, and we recorded Unstyled with Paul Ruist at Argo Studios. We'll see you back here next Monday for a conversation with former Teen Vogue editor-in-chief, author, and Project Runway judge Elaine Welteroth on taking detours toward your dream. See you then.